Coming up next, the booking reads Orient Express, comma, murder on the B. <laughs> <laughs> Fresh as a daisy and finally feeling so much better. Those last two weeks, I felt like, uh, something terrible. What did I feel like, Danny? Give us a metaphor. You felt like you got run over by a train? I felt like I got run over by the murder on the Orient Express, as I believe the train was called in this novel. (laughs) Like you got stabbed 12 times. (laughs) I felt like I got stabbed 12 times. But now I feel great. I'm happy to be joining you guys for our third episode about murder on the Orient Express. My name is Nathan Alberson. If I didn't already say that, I am your humble and obedient host as humble and as obedient as they come. And I am joined today by some fantastic panelists. First of all, we have our regular crew of panelists. The first one of those, his name is Brandon Chastine. He's the scholar who's a baller of reading, baby. What's up, Brandon? Not that much, Nathan. How you doing today, my friend? Great. Terry. What's your favorite color? Blue. That's good. Yeah. Brandon? Uh-huh. I think you're a swell guy. I think you are too, Nathan. Jake Menzel is also here. He's the pastor who is... An apprentice of reading? No. 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 <laughs> a guildsman of reading? No. Uh, a uh, craftsman of reading? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> a mistress of reading, perhaps? <laughs> no. Then what else could he be but the pastor who is a master of reading? Hello, Jake. Hey, Nathan. When I said I felt better, it wasn't true. Oh, that's too bad. I was about to tell you I was glad that you're feeling better. I mean, I feel good, actually. I just feel really out of it. So if this episode goes to some weird places, I have an excuse. Can't imagine it will. <laughs> no, I don't no, think anything will happen no. in this episode. Um, now, guys, we are also joined by a member of the sex that I like to refer to as the gentle sex, the fair sex, the distaff side of life. What? Distaff is a word. Okay. Look it up. Yeah, it's a word for <laughs> distaff. Side, the distaff side of life. A stick or spindle onto which wool or flax is wound for spinning. Boom. Of or concerning woman. Yes, it also means of or concerning woman. Wow. And, well, that's what she is. She's a lady. She's here. And she's providing a feminine perspective for once. All you people that have been complaining, why don't you guys ever have a woman on to talk about Jane? No, we'll never have a woman on to talk about Jane Austen. Women don't deserve to read Jane Austen. Jane Austen, no one deserves to read Jane Austen except for me. She's my girlfriend and she's... (sighs) All right, Nathan, (laughs) calm down. (laughs) I want her to be alive and married to me so bad, Brandon. I know, Nathan. (laughs) I know. But instead, she's dead and single. Yeah, but at least you're alive and single. Yeah, I am alive and single. That's an interesting fact about me. I'm alive and single. Alive and available. Uh, sing- you know what? I think I think the church really needs to pay much more attention to me as a single man. Why don't you write a blog post about that? Yeah, I think I should write a blog post. No blog posts have ever been written about how single people don't get paid enough attention to in the church, Danny. Noted. I really hate those single people that write whiny blog posts. I understand. I was using irony 
is pretending to be one of them. It's a good literary tool. Mm-hmm. Used by A.A. A. Milne. Hey, Danny. Danny McNeely's <laughs> here. She's a girl. She's joining our podcast. That's all you need to know about her. She likes Agatha Christie. Hey, Danny, what'd you think about the old uh, Winnie the Pooh? I like Winnie the Pooh. Would you consider him to be a silly old Willie old bear? Yeah, that's part of his charm. Arguably so. Did you listen to our podcast? You've, you've been known to listen to a bookening or two in, in, this, in your time of shuffling upon this mortal coil. Indeed. What, did you listen to that Winnie the Pooh episode? I did. What did you, you think about that Winnie the Pooh episode? I thought you all were a little hard on Winnie the Pooh. How would you, what, if you'd been there, if, you'd, if the glass ceiling had been broken then and you'd parachuted in through that ceiling, mm-hmm. not getting stopped by the glass, but I just... Think, I think I go up through the ceiling. That's true. If we were all standing on a broken glass ceiling and you jumped up like a kung fu fighter. Mm-hmm. One interesting piece of trivia about Danny: she only travels by backflip. And Vespa. And Vespa. When needed. When needed. I'm sure it won't be needed in this podcast, though. We'll see. We'll see. Um, what were we talking? Oh, Winnie the Pooh. Why did you think we were hard on her? I really enjoyed Winnie, Winnie the, the Pooh's, Pooh's a man. Stories. I'm sorry. Why did you think we were hard on him? Winnie the Pooh's an androgynous stuffed bear. <laughs> yeah, but he, it's called he. Right. I don't know. My, my kids enjoy Winnie the Pooh. I don't think Milne was writing to adults to make fun of children. So that part at um, the beginning that really bothers all everyone in this room uh, where it's like, Christopher Milne can't spell good. You like that part? It doesn't bother me as much as it apparently bothers all of you. Um, <laughs> I know. I, I mean, I've been in the situation. Where my kids come and want a bedtime story, and I can't think of one about a dragon and all that. But I think a simple story about your stuffed animals living in a forest and having adventures without you is pretty fun. So you just think Winnie the Pooh is a good time for the whole family? I think it's fun. My kids, um, my daughter especially, loves the story when they switch out. Uh, Rue and Piglet. She'd listen to that one. Everybody over and over again. that story. Peter so, mentioned that story in our, um, whatever that episode Peter was. Peter mentioned that, that story, but Peter thought that story was funny because Kinga didn't know that Piglet was Piglet and not Rue. Which is wrong. Yeah, that's wrong. Like Peter did. K- Kinga absolutely knew that Piglet was Piglet and yeah. was mocking Piglet and was teaching him a lesson. Danny, are you trying to say that your children are much smarter than Jake's children? I am not trying to say that. I will say that my kids have mostly listened to Winnie the Pooh in a dramatized recording. So it might be some of the fun of it. It's Stephen Fry reads Winnie the Pooh and oh. he's hilarious. I think they enjoy that a lot. And we really love Milne's poetry, which we didn't talk about, but it's really good. We didn't. We love and Milne's, Milne's poetry, poetry too. Mm-hmm. We read, did you ever listen to our poetry episode? I did. And on, when my daughter turned six, we had her read and now I am six. See, so A.A. Milne holds a special place in our mm-hmm. heart with the poetry. But he's also... He's also just really funny. He's not just he is funny. Heart, but he you did you couldn't <laughs> no, see this yeah, over yeah. the podcast because it's a audio medium. But what there were tears as when that was read. Maybe we're the only ones who have the version of Winnie the Pooh where A.A. Milne kicks Christopher Robin down the stairs and then makes fun of him <laughs> and then laughs at him. Yeah, spits on him. <laughs> that really bothers us. Yeah, I haven't us, read that part before. Yeah. <laughs> Must be a different translation. Right. Winnie the Pooh is only really good in the original German. And maybe we should have said that they were reading Winnie the Pooh in German to their kids. That might have been a good context to give. You know, yeah. I think my children would not enjoy Winnie the Pooh in German as much as they do in yeah, English. Yeah, actually, come to think of it, I may have just been reading the Metamorphosis. We're going to have to go, re- go back and redo that episode. Uh, no. Here's the thing, Danny. Carry it back to your tribe of females. Will you take a message for me to the females yep, of the back world? To my tribe. Take yep. it back to them. Tell the females. They liked Winnie the Pooh. 
that's what the females don't understand. They're like, oh, those guys, they just don't understand or hate Winnie the Pooh. We all liked it a lot. We just, for the sake of discussion, we even say at some point in the podcast, we're like, we're going to sound harder. Yeah. This is going to sound a little harder than we really feel, but we're just trying to kind of tease out this one little element of mm-hmm. Milne that yeah. makes us a little uncomfortable. But that's like... Because our kids enjoy listening to stories. Yeah. Yeah. Then they like hearing us read them. You're the one who brought it up. I, I, yeah, I wasn't, on, wasn't going to set a fire back. to the book. Yeah. Danny, stop bringing Winnie the Pooh All up. Danny said was that she agrees with us that we are a little hard on Winnie the Pooh, mm-hmm. which we said we were going to be. Mm-hmm. Here, here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys ready to keep discussing Murder on the Orient Express? Let's do it. Oh, boy. So ready. All right, Danny, you think you're going to make Mom Who's a Bomb of reading? I sure hope We're three so. episodes in now. I feel like it. You feel like you're a Mom Who's the Bomb of reading? Mm-hmm, I do. And by bomb, do you mean an explosive really good. device? Oh, you mean like 90s. Like 90s. 90s like, bomb. <laughs> you're, when it comes to reading, you're, off, dare I say, off the hook. You off can say that. Off the hook. Off the hook. Off the chain. Off the chain. <sighs> Too legit to quit. Too legit to quit. <laughs> I don't think that anyone's wrong to like Agatha Christie. I think she's really good at what she does. And the more we've talked about her, I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't joking when I said Danny just made me appreciate her more by what she said. I, I, I think Agatha Christie's really good at doing what she does and I get why people like it when I say it with my, my literal only criticism that I could even begin to think of for Agatha Christie is it's just not really my thing um, it's, it doesn't happen to be what I like all that much um, and, but I've tried a number of times because I know a lot of people love it a lot of people that I respect and that like the kinds of things that I like like it I, you know we've been, we've been playing it up for the sake of humor something we never do on the booking but I don't have a problem with Agatha Christie at all I mean I don't I don't I'm, I'm glad you like Agatha Christie so just to Get you, get your goat. Okay. <laughs> Couldn't someone say the same thing about... Get my greatest king, of all time? King. What? Someone could say the same thing about King. Yeah. He's not strong on dialogue or... No, he's not. Plot. He really kind of is about plot in some of his stuff. So what's what's the difference for you? Uh, I like monsters. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I actually think that that's my real answer. I said it in a silly way, but, uh, you know, I mean... Well, and going back to the introduction with my favorite movies being mm-hmm. British period pieces. Right. I think I like that about Agatha Christie. Yeah. I don't care for monsters so yeah. much. Well, I mean, uh, one part of literature is just the chance to sort of live in the milieu or a world where you want to live. And sometimes it's just fun to, I think, I think one thing that's fun about Christie, certainly that's fun about watching the movies is the automobiles, the furniture, the clothing. Again, I think a movie is more fun to immerse in that regard than a book for me, because it's not like, I don't know. It's just fun. The cigarettes that they're smoking. I don't know. They're just the, the paraphernalia of a different time in a different place is fun. It's a little, it's one of the reasons that people like Jane Austen is they just like to imagine living in Jane Austen's world. And I don't think that that's even in the top 50 reasons why you should like Jane Austen. But I know it is why a lot of people, it's like their number one reason is it just seems like they'd like to do carriages and balls. And that's not why I like Jane Austen. I like her for smart, godly reasons. But, um... Because we're little gray cells. Yeah. <laughs> I've, got, I've got little gray cells. But little gray cellist people, you know, they like her for uh, the carriage rides. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with, there's nothing wrong with junk food. Or, I mean, it's not even junk food. I don't know. Uh, is it junk food? What do you think, Brandon? Junk food? Is this junk food? Yeah. I don't think it qualifies as junk food. What is it? It's not well, it's not seven s- course. It's not steak and potatoes like Anna Karenina. Not steak and potatoes like Anna Karenina. Be a healthy snack. It's a healthy snack? What mm-hmm. is it, Jake? Well, I, I think I was the one who said junk food earlier. I wasn't trying to characterize Christy as junk food. <laughs> <laughs> she's no, no, junk. No. She's but a good I, troll. I, don't know. I, think she's, I think she's for the sweet tooth. 
Yeah. I don't know. I but, think well, like, but, well, this is the kind of book. Uh, so if I were to walk away, if you were to ask me what what's my takeaway is Agatha Christie for me would be fine beach reading, yeah. vacation reading, something like that, where exactly. I would I would pick it up, read it, forget it. And it's not going to like change my life. It's not going to have any kind of impact on me except be a nice, fun escape and relax and unwind kind of thing to read. There ain't nothing wrong with that. Right. There and like Danny said, she said, it's, what did you say? You said a healthy snack. A healthy snack. It is a healthy snack. That's probably where what it is. It's like, <laughs> yeah. it's not McDonald's fries. It's a granola bar or something that's tasty and doesn't hurt your digestive system like a Starbucks coffee. Yeah, but I think it, uh, yeah, like that milk, mm. milky thing you drink. Mm. If I think of junk food, I'm thinking like Harlequin romances or something that really just right. is not good for you read at all well like with stephen king you're gonna get a lot more gmos of you know sex and violence and stuff that you just don't need to be reading about whereas with that you're not gonna get any of that that. so that's nice she doesn't have a bunch of sex and violence in her other books does she no oh good a lot of poison a lot of poisons (laughs) yeah i mean the only thing you really get is like the moral content at the end of his decision to to allow them to Mm -hmm. uh, enact vigilante justice on a train which yeah. is nice. It gives just, you it's to nice to add. It's yeah. nice to have something to, think about. Just something to think about. A little moral dilemma there. Yeah. Would you guys report them to the authorities? Uh, Danny, your thoughts? We'll go around the room. I'll go last. Thanks. Okay. I didn't give you the choice. Uh, no, you can go last. Uh, Jake? No, you shouldn't go first because you're the pastor and everyone will just have to copy you to be... You, you act, so, the, so we'll let Brandon go first. <sighs> but I have reported on, them. Yes, I would have reported that. Oh, you stick in the <laughs> He's mud. He's a Texan. You won't let anybody get away with anything. Uh, you were probably the guy that raised his hand in the... school and was yeah. like, can we have some, what's our homework assignment for Christmas vacation, mister? I walked off into the sunset. <laughs> it's totally equivalent to killing a man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, if I were Poirot, <laughs> what I couldn't get over is the fact that they stabbed him so many times. <laughs> That was it was pretty brutal. It was so nobody would know who actually killed him. Yeah, but it was still pretty it's brutal. It's really brutal. It was a brutal way, and nobody made much of that. The mm-hmm. fact that it was a very brutal way for even a horrible person like that to die. Eh. He and, was a child killer, though. And, and he, he got was off a on a telecom. He, he was a child gonna, killer. He was going to go scot-free, and you're okay with that, Brandon? Well, he's a family killer. Mm-hmm. And it's not like one person just decided to take vigilante justice. They did the best they could to provide well, a court. Well, they had their jury. They had their jury. And they declared Outside him of the rule of law. Outside the rule of law, but the rule of law. The rule of law does fail sometimes, and this time it had failed. And so they did the best they could to help the rule of law where it, where it, uh, uh, where it had uh, failed. Would where you have let failed? him walk? Would you have let them walk? Be tempted to let them walk, sure. Well, yeah, I'd be tempted. The question is whether or not I'd be right, right? It's like the end of Heart of Darkness. Right. It's the moral quandary you have. Right. Well, I would tell, I've decided, I would tell Mrs. Uh, Kurtz or that, uh, but um, I don't know. What what country are we in again? When the train Slavia. stops? Maybe murder is legal there. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> the whole point well, of doing the it in Yugoslavia is, is the police are inept, yeah. mm-hmm. right? And so they have it, and they're going to be passing through, and then it's going to be out of jurisdiction. And so I think it's kind of one of those ridiculous questions that I'll probably never have to face in my life. Yes, I think that Christians should obey the rule of law. I think that the rule God gave us the rule of law, and it is important. And when it doesn't ask us to do anything against God's will, we should definitely obey it. The sword was given to people. I, I do believe all that with all my heart. 
And I'm thankful that there are laws that keep me from murdering the people that I want to murder. Now, what would I do in this incredibly specific situation? And would I be right to let them off? Maybe I'd maybe maybe what I'm saying is I'd let them off, but maybe I'd be conflicted about it and not know whether I'd done the right thing. But Brendan's saying he would just report them to the police and be attend their hanging and laugh. That is exactly those were my words. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'd shoot them. <laughs> just, just for good measure. Just put a couple in the body, some safety yeah. shots, as I like, like to call them, just to make sure they're dead. <laughs> Jake, you report them. Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. And that means that we are governed not by our own personal sense of justice, but by the rule of law. And sometimes that means bad guys go. And sometimes that means innocent people are harmed. And we have to entrust ourselves to the one who governs the nations and the laws. And that doesn't mean there's not a time to disobey. But yeah, they killed a man. They took it upon themselves to do it. Two was going to kill more children if they didn't. You can't make that decision on your own. As they didn't a make it on their own. They got a jury together. And that's what I keep going back to this BBC production. I don't really know what I think of it. I they play a lot with his Catholicism mm-hmm. in the BBC production. So it ends, he actually yells at them. He has whatever his name is. Monsieur Book is how the audiobook yeah. guys calls him. Anyways, he has them, him actually lock them in the room. And so you don't know until the very end when he goes out and he's in the snow and then he's counting his rosary. And, and then he tells, he goes up and he, you just see him talking. And then he hands the constable coat to them or the war, whatever it is, counting his beads and crying. So they play a lot more with the conflict that's here which is one of the big weaknesses of this that there is the conflict there but she just blows she make it it. It. it's just assumed that it's okay right. what's going on yeah and so that is one thing i really appreciated about this particular version of it is it is it's a hard decision that he's making and it, i don't think it's the right decision and i don't th- and then the show i don't think he thinks it is either he's yeah well i guess in at least positing an argument for the other side I'm assuming that in a situation like this would actually be impossible because Ratchet is not a real character. He's thoroughly set up in such a way that you don't feel bad about it. And in real life, you it just wouldn't go down like this. Mm-hmm. No, but it is. It's sitting back to like the Wild West. This isn't any different than a lynching. <laughs> no. All right. I have to go before you. I would report him, guys. Actually, I don't know what I would do, but... I should report him. How about that? But if Ratchet really was as thoroughly nasty, if there was a, such a person as thoroughly nasty as Ratchet, I would be very conflicted about it, and I don't know what choice I would make. I, Danny, I'm going to guess what you're going to say. I would have killed him myself. You would have killed him yourself. <laughs> you wish that Ratchet was real and that you could stick that knife into him like a pig and hear him squeal. Oh. Is that... That is not accurate. Oh, wait, I didn't, that was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would, I would report them. You would report them. But I'm guessing based on the complicated evidence and the Yugoslavian police that they get off. I would actually do what the barrister does in um, Witness for the Prosecution. Call a mistrial? I don't remember what he does. There, well, I don't want to ruin it for Jake because he really needs to see Witness for the Prosecution. I'm not but sure I have it. Basically, well, if you're not sure, then you should watch it at such a time as you'll remember it because it's really good. If I was Pyro, what I would do is I would report them and then I would be a witness for the defense and I would be like, Ratchet was a real jerk. And I would Deserved hope- that, what he got. I, hope, I would hope that they would get off. I would hope that the rule of law would be like, you know what? Sometimes you just gotta stab a guy. How about that Ratchet? You like Ratchet, Danny? You were a Ratchet fan? You team Ratchet? No. No? Okay. Brandon? 
<laughs> no. You're an American. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Team Ratchet all the way. <laughs> the good American values. Yeah. You probably like to build a wall. <laughs> Independence. Capitalism. Capitalism, yeah. Jake, you like Ratchet? So you don't seem real man. keen on them them killing yeah, them. Yeah, that's so my whole that motivation. Because you actually, because I'm you like Ratchet. Team, team Ratchet. You brought all those bio I'm, I'm, I'm a Johnny Depp yep, fan, and I am, Depp. I am being passive-aggressive against Kenneth Branagh for casting Johnny Depp mm-hmm. as Ratchet. That's clearly yeah. what... Johnny Depp's a great actor. <laughs> oh, really? Well, I bet even the actors and actresses in the car wouldn't mind... I think Johnny Depp's actually going to die. <laughs> Do we have so to use this yes. prop knife? Can we just get a real knife? Judy Ditch. <laughs> Jury acquits 12 actors who stabbed. <laughs> the twist is it's Hated actually. Hated star. is the one who killed him. <laughs> Kenneth K- Branagh. Kenneth Branagh arranged the whole thing. Just think it all. Kill a I like it. You looking forward to that to Kenneth Branagh movie? You like the Kenneth Branagh? What's your thoughts about Kenneth Branagh? He is a talented individual. Um, I don't think I'd want to be friends with him. Why not? I think he seems like a pretty pompous dude. He knows Shakespeare. He's British. That's true. What in Disney movies? <laughs> He's justly pompous. What? Isn't he behind all tales. the Disney remakes? Nah, he just did the Cinderella, Cinderella remake yeah. and knocked it out of the park. Thank oh, you very was, much. That was really good. That was fantastic. Yeah. It was really, really it good. Really it really had nothing to do with the Beauty and the Beast? No. I don't think so. No. Okay. I thought he produced. Which I have no interest uh, in watching, by the way. It was all right. Let's see. In the preview I saw, Emma Watson was very... Uh, feministic bell she is a very <laughs> feministic bell she is and bell in the original is actually she's very ladylike even though she's odd yeah interesting trivia the guy that played the beast uh teaches at iu he does oh in the old one. Oh yeah yeah, yeah. That, that is true i have heard that trivia before really? um and he still like he still has long flowing hair he tries to really channel the beast yeah like what's he teach uh voice Voice, yeah. <laughs> yeah he sings that periodically he'll sing the national anthem at a basketball or baseball game or something like that and he'll always be introduced as the guy who played <laughs> i bet he's pretty rich off those royalties mail money he's the dude from downton abbey right matthew or something like I that i never watched it who beast in the new one live action okay oh the, yeah the no the new no but you know what else he did what he read a certain audio book called murder on the orient express stop which i listened to some of <laughs> who did <laughs> the beast Oh. Dan Stevens, who's in a TV show that I liked. Downton Abbey, probably. No, it's not yes. Downton Abbey. <laughs> Love those British soap operas. I like some of them. Thank you very much. I love uh, Brideshead Revisited. Revisited, I said that weird. Revisited. <laughs> all right, guys. Um, I didn't really know what to ask, but I didn't want to let Danny down. She came all the way down here. She came here. She's, she's, she wants to do the podcast with us. So I got some questions off the internet. All right. We're just now starting this part. Good. Yeah, let's do it. Now that we're done with our context. <laughs> our bad, baggage check. Uh, our baggage yeah, check. Your yeah, your baggage has been lightened or something, Yeah, my right? baggage is... It's because I took notes. It's because you took notes, yes. yeah. Um, I got these questions off of schmoop.com. <laughs> the, that great literary resource. Does that make yeah. you a schmoop or does it make us schmoops? I don't know what's a schmoop. I don't know. Is that a Yiddish word? It sounds Yiddish. Uh, yeah, schmoop. Yeah, schmoop. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't sound good either. So I'll do our terrible... <laughs> There's this uh, Jewish guy who does title. He's always talking to himself. Where's the mortgage? I can't find the mortgage. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anyway, schmoop.com is, uh, I don't know what it is. Every once in a while when I need to remember something about a book, it's it's like Cliff Notes or something like that, but it has kind of a hip vibe to it. Um, Rollicking homework help, teacher research, non-research. Research, rollicking homework help, teacher resources, and online test prep. That's what it is. 
Schmoop.com. So I went and I looked up the questions for study that they ask about murder on the Orient Express. And I'm about to going to ask them to you guys okay. to see if you can, if you're as smart as a schmoop. Is this because Brandon asked for more homework? Hey, Trick, could we have more homework, please? <laughs> <laughs> I know that was you. <laughs> oh, In your homeschool. Teacher, right. <laughs> those 12 kids just murdered someone. They deserved it. <laughs> By the way, what are we supposed to read for Monday? <laughs> Is there extra credit? That was you. Brennan, I'm going to meet you up by the flagpole after the booking. I'm going to beat the crap out of you. <laughs> I'm going to get Jake to hold you down. Oh, no. uh, I'm going to take your lunch money. And use it to subscribe to Schmoop, a wonderful online te- test. Do you like how I brought that back around, Danny? That's the kind of host hosting that I, I do. I'm a regular master of hosting, a humble and obedient host, as we all know. So, question number one. These are open to anyone. So, like, do we need to buzz in or... Yes, you need to buzz buzzers? in. You buzz in by saying, buzz! <laughs> all right. And I will call on you. I will say your name, and then you'll answer the question. <clears throat> Who did you think the murderer... <laughs> This has a typo. <laughs> Who did you think the murderer That's was? <laughs> That's always good when your literary resource has typos in it. Who did you think the murderer was when you were reading the book? This must have been written before the Renaissance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Obviously, people didn't know how to read. Yeah. Um, who did I think that? Well, I knew who the murderer was. Yeah, Buzz. Buzz. Brennan. I can't answer this question. I already knew. <laughs> okay. I wasn't thinking. I was knowing. <laughs> Jake? Uh, buzz. <laughs> if I call on you, you don't have to buzz. But if you think you know the answer, you can buzz. <laughs> then Although you I call do, on him and then... I do like having the power of making someone say the word buzz, but I'll go ahead and be nice and forego it. <laughs> I, thought you, I thought it was all of them. Did you have any suspicions going into it? Like, did you did you ever lean one direction? Did you think it was the young ingenue, the, the, the governess lady, or her boring lover guy, or... No, no. I didn't like cycle through. I, I I didn't have any judgments, and then I slowly figured out. There you go, Danny. What? You were stirring that soup. You were reading Murder on the Orient Express, having a fine time of it. Who did you suspect as you did this? Who um, did you or who did you think the murder was? <laughs> I'm gonna say Ratchet. I thought the murder was Ratchet. <laughs> I was pretty sure, and I was right. Good job. I don't know. I had leanings toward uh, the Swede and the German. The Swede knew it wasn't the, the Italian. <laughs> Because Book was so sure it was the Italian. Who was, who thought, oh, Book, yeah. Monsieur Book. Does Agatha Christie do that thing where there's a really obvious red herring in a lot of her books, or is she pretty good about, like, if if, if it really seems to lean towards someone, is it usually not them, or is it sometimes them? She has so many books. She has so many books. She probably has both. I don't know. She did everything. She pretty much did everything. I will say, I have read, I have read some Christie's that have not been the best books ever. Me too. Yeah. But there were 66 of them. 66. So, 66. Plus, plus plays and yeah, etc. And movie scripts. I think she wrote some movie scripts. I think she wrote the original 10 Little Indians from the 1940s, if I'm not mistaken. I didn't look that up beforehand. So you were leaning towards the Swede, the German, and the Italian. No, not the Italian. Not the Italian. I knew it wasn't him. You knew it wasn't the Italian. And there, were, you know, there was some fishy stuff going on with the colonel and the governess. But it, it, was, all, it was all pretty equally fishy. When Alex said, I know who it is. That's my Alex impression. That's not really my Alex impression. That when he's terrible. Oh, I thought you were about to compliment it. I thought you were about to say. My husband does not sound funny. I thought you were going to be like, Alex, where are you? You're in the room somewhere? Are you behind that? Uh, when Alex said, it, they all did it. Were you like, oh, yeah, of course. Or were you like, shut up, Alex. You're wrong. 
Well, I had already read it by that point. Oh, okay. So you he, he read it just last night. Uh, he, wanted, he, he wanted to read it before I came out. Uh, I see. I see. Um, I see. Or he read it the past couple, past couple days. Um, so I maintained a potentially knowing smile. Got your p- p- poker face on, as the great Lady Gaga said. <laughs> yep. Can't read my poker face. Can't read my poker po- po- poker face. I don't remember how that song goes off the top of my head. Just that it has one lyric song. Yeah, yeah. No. It's a very famous my, one. Poker face. Yeah, exactly. Dubstep Danny. Yeah, the good old dubstep Danny comes through. <laughs> Point with dubstep. <laughs> <laughs> dubstep Danny and the mom is a bomb of reading are still in, in contention here. We'll see what the twist ending. Maybe she'll be a third thing that no one expected. Um, uh, <laughs> what was that? Okay. Question number two. Were you able to solve the mystery before Poirot did? We already covered that. Or were you, su- were you surprised when Poirot revealed the culprits, Danny? I don't know if I'd say I was surprised because it made sense. I know whether you would say you were surprised. You wouldn't. Okay. Question number two. Those were all actually lumped into one question. <laughs> this is a good question. If you had to rewrite Murder on the Orient Express for the 21st century, where would you set it and Why? Don't all buzz at once. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> this is for four-year-olds. <laughs> I think Schmoop.com is, really, is helping me study. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where did you rewrite it and why? On a boat in the Congo. I didn't hear any buzzing. Buzz. Okay. <laughs> on a boat in Jake, the Congo. <laughs> I didn't call on you yet. Jake, where would you write it? If you had to rewrite Orient, Murder on the Orient Express, where would you rewrite it and on why? On a boat in Cambodia. Wrong. It's called Murder on the Orient Express. It wouldn't make any sense. What a dumb way to rewrite Murder on the Orient Express. Everyone would be the like, why is it on a boat The name would be in the Orient Express. Ah, very clever. <laughs> Maybe that's the twist at the end. <laughs> We've been on... The Orient Express <laughs> this whole time. It's weird that no murders happened. <laughs> and then they would all murder Kurtz together. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, Brandon, if you had to rewrite oh, to Murder on a Bus. <laughs> what, on a bus? Is that what you said? I, I didn't buzz. Oh, you didn't buzz. Well, that's okay. I can call. I can make uh, you give an answer. Okay. Uh, I would make it on... <laughs> Are there subways in Chicago? One of the subways in Chicago? Are there subways in Chicago? There's the, they the L. That, the L. The yeah. yeah, I'd be on the L in Chicago. <laughs> Murder on the L in Chicago? Yeah. <laughs> sure. If I was... It had to be on the Orient Express. Is there an Asian driving the L? Jake wants me yes. to hold you to the logic oh, that I held him to. It Jake, would be on... Um, Jake is all about the rule of law, as we learned. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be on one of those bullet trains in Asia. Brandon, it's on the Orient Express. Wrong again. You have to set it on the Orient Express. Well, I would set it on the Orient Express. Correct. And okay. I'd have Kenneth Branagh do the murder. I don't know. And you'd have to, you know, if you were going to plan a murder uh-huh. and you were all going to kill Ratchet, uh-huh. I think the L in Chicago might be a poor place to plan to yeah. do that. Everybody can see you. Right. There's like glass and everything. I don't know. If- Chicago is kind of ruled by the mob, right? So, you, yeah. you know, if you had mob ties, you could get away that with it. That is true. There's one thing we know about Chicago. But Ratchet was in the mob, wasn't he? What if he That's was out? What if he was, you know, on the outs? What if there was a rival mm. mob? What if? Yeah. Just get the, this is good. This the is New good. York mob to come in and, you know, somebody that he's, whose territory Brooklyn. he's been crouching on. I think on. we're just writing The Sopranos right now. <laughs> 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 so if you had to rewrite Murder on the Orient Express in the 21st century, you'd create an HBO show? called The Sopranos. There we go. It's a very wicked show, and I'm ashamed of you. Buzz. Oh, Danny, I'll call on you. If you, Danny, if you had to rewrite Murder on the Orient Express for the 21st century, where would you set it, and why? I would set it on a train called the Orient Express. Okay. I don't think Yugoslavia is a, currently a country, is it? Oh, ooh, I don't know. No, I think it's, you're right. Can you look it up for us, Jake? Por favor? 
or parlez-vous? Wasn't that part of the war? S'il vous plaît. S'il vous plaît. It's um, Slovenia. <laughs> Slovenia? <laughs> no. <laughs> According to the same Wikipedia that gave us that fine quote earlier yes, today, <laughs> Yugoslavia was a country in Southeast Europe during most of the 20th century. It came no, into existence in after World War One. What is it now? Yeah, I don't even I, know. I this is as suspenseful as an Agatha Christie book. I'm on the... It's kind of hard edge of my telling. There's been like a lot of breakups and stuff. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of breakups. I took a, a, cla- lot of breakups, I took a class yeah. on the Balkans. Uh, so the successor states said the former Yugoslavia are the following. Serbia, Croatia, Bosnia, Herzegovina, <sighs> Slovenia, Montenegro, Macedonia, and Kosovo. What did I say? I said Slovenia. It's true. Wait, but it's in Kosovo. Kosovo is what it is now? Oh, it's, it's, it's all of those places. All of those oh, places. It's a, okay. Yes. So I think I would pick whichever one of those would seem to have the worst police force at the moment. And you'd rewrite it. And yep, I would just change whatever the name of the country is whenever it appeared in the book. Would you update the characters? Would Monsieur Perrault be a woman? Mistress Perrault? How do you say Monsieur for women? Madame. Would he be Madame Perrault? No. You'd score a lot of points with the liberal. No interest. No interest in scoring points with the liberals. I think I'd probably make the colonel so that he wasn't recently in India since the Brits don't occupy India anymore. That would be smart. Maybe he was in Afghanistan or Iraq, mm-hmm. much like John Watson was a in la Sherlock. In a la Sherlock. Question number three: What is the difference between revenge and justice? Oh no! Oh. Anyone want to buzz in on this? I don't think anyone knows. No one knows the difference between revenge and justice. I hope you guys don't decide to murder me. Justice is a cruel. Do you mistress. have to buzz first? Buzz, Brandon. Justice is a cruel mistress, and revenge is a dish best cold served. <laughs> served cold (laughs) fantastic answer we'll go on to question number four um question number four poirot relies mainly on psychology and logic to solve crimes how is detective work different today (laughs) parenthetical comment think of shows like csi buzz danny i don't actually have precisely the answer to that but it reminds me of another thing i was going to say oh so as much as christy liked uh conan doyle and those kinds of uh, detective novels poirot uh, had great disdain for what he called foxhounds so there's a book i think it's murder on the links where there's a competing detective who so he's crawling around on the ground and he finds like a match and a coin from south america and uh, and he finds all these things and um, he's sure he's certain he's gonna beat poirot um but poirot still figures it out and none of those you just made my estimation of agatha christie go up again you're amazing and then at the end of that, after he beat that guy, he, uh, Poirot got a little statue of a fox hound and put it up on his mantle. See, he's kind of a jerk, though. <laughs> he's kind of pompous, which yeah. is appropriate that Kenneth Branagh. That is actually one of the reasons I don't like Agatha Christie is I just really wouldn't want to hang out with Miss Marple or or Poirot. But I, I, Miss Marple is smarter than she acts. I know, but she's clever. She acts like dumb sometimes. I guess if she'd let down the shield and let me in, if she'd let me see the real Miss Marple, mm-hmm. then I. But if she, you just can't read her poker face. Yeah, exactly. But. Agatha Christie doesn't have that, and I hate that. The 37 different kinds of tobacco ash that you have to know if you're going to actually keep up with Sherlock Holmes, those famous things. Agatha Christie, I I guess there's probably novels where you have to know the properties of certain poisons and stuff like that, but by and large, any Agatha Christie, I don't know, I'm thinking here, Brandon, uh, Danny can tell me whether I'm right or wrong. She just told me. She doesn't have a bunch of junk like that. She doesn't have a bunch of foxhounds. I don't like foxhounds either. Wait, you do or you don't? I don't. Oh, so you like Agatha Christie more? Yeah. Right on. No, I'm saying she's gone. You keep pointing out dumb things that Agatha Christie doesn't have. 
mm-hmm. and it makes me happy. And it makes it's all me, about the psychology of the murder, right? As opposed yeah. to the the CSI. Yeah. To get back to your question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Buzz, there, Buzz. There's also a faulty reasoning that that's how detective work actually happens in any <laughs> yes. anywhere, right? <laughs> so I don't think that CSI is based on reality. <laughs> yeah, Susan, you're telling me I can't solve a crime with a computer that can blow up a satellite picture really well. <laughs> uh, okay, we've established the difference between revenge and justice. We've established how detective work is different today than it was back then. Yeah. Um, all right, we're almost done. we got three more questions to go. <laughs> oh, this is an even better one. You guys ready for this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hands on your buzzers. Okay. If you were a character on the Orient Express, who would you be and why? We get to choose who we'd be? It'd be yeah. more interesting to have everyone Or which one who we actually we are. Oh, we all tell each other? Let's not. <laughs> oh, man, that just sounds like a recipe for <laughs> if we want a murder to happen in this room. <laughs> oh. Everyone knows who Poirot would be. <laughs> All right, we have to choose from ourselves. I would be, I don't want to be Ratchet. That'd be a bad choice. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm American, so uh, I'd be Monsieur Book. You know, I'd, I'd be like, I, my friends are all really cool and smart, like Poirot. I got Danny, she's a smart lady. Brandon, he knows about books. Jakey's got all this spiritual and emotional insight. And all I want to do is help them get a good compartment on the train because they're my friends. A good d- compartment on the train that is the booking. That's what I'm doing right now. That is beautiful. Uh, I'm Monsieur Book. Merci, Monsieur Book. Uh, parlez-vous. Parlez-vous, my darling. <laughs> um, <laughs> Danny, what character would you be? <laughs> um, I don't know. I might be the, the conflicted English governess or the uh, do-gooding Swedish missionary. You'd be the do-gooding Swedish missionary? Played by, <laughs> in the old Finny oh, version, oh, what's her name? Ingrid Berg? No, not Ingrid Bergman. What's the name of... Humphrey Bogart's girlfriend in Casablanca. That girl. Uh, Catherine Hepburn? No, no. Oh, Casablanca. Um, uh, I've seen African Queen. It is Ingrid Bergman. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah I think Ingrid it is. Bergman, played by Ingrid Bergman. She plays the Swedish missionary? I believe. I do believe so. She's mm-hmm. a little old. And Lauren Bacall. And Lauren Bacall plays the princess, I think. Yeah. Oh, the uh, Russian. She's and, supposed to be ugly. Yeah, she is. She's supposed to be kind of toad-like. Toad-like, yes. Anthony Perkins is in there of psycho fame. Um yeah. It's good. It's good. It's got. It's Sean Connery plays one of them. I forget who. That is awesome. Um, yeah, he's very Sean Connery-ish. The current. The colonel, probably. Probably the colonel. Yeah. Um, I would love to watch that movie again. We should watch that movie together. Let's yeah. do it. Live stream. <laughs> Will you live stream with us? I'd come watch it. Nice. Let's do it. It's not going to happen anytime soon, probably. Alex and I might watch it first. Mm-hmm. Oh. Another That's night it. at the movies with the booking. Movies with the booking. We still haven't gotten around to our Apocalypse Now episode. Um... We accidentally watched Apocalypse Now for the booking. It just accidentally happened. Yeah. You accidentally watched yeah, it? It was a probably a mistake, but now we've watched it. Now we've watched it. <laughs> You're not gonna broadcast you guys watching it. No. We're not gonna like I mean we'll we will we've already broadcast the fact that hey, you know, next time we're gonna watch Apocalypse Now you know, we already did that, so it's too late to pretend like we didn't watch it, but now we just have to like be like, We watched it, but you shouldn't. <laughs> How's it feel to hear that from us? Um, who would you be, Brandon? Oh, man. I'd be the valet who sits at the end of the hall. You could be that police officer that drops Poirot oh. off and is like, I'm so sick of talking to this guy, but I have to do all the pretenses of... Oh, the French That is French pretty fitting. Military. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> you're, just like, you're in the company of greatness and you don't even know it. You, just like, keep, you both keep just, saying the same things over and over again. get on the train. <laughs> very peripheral, involved in awesome things. Brandon, uh, I could see you as a train conductor. As the train conductor? Mm-hmm. I, 
could see you that. I could see you pulling that whistle and <laughs> honk honk, shoveling some coal into the thing, Mickey Mouse style. <laughs> there we go. Like on Steamboat Willie, yeah, that was on a train. Jake, which character would you be? I have, I have no idea. Ah, Jake, just, just just say it. The secretary, maybe. We know who you want to be. Waro, the one and only, <laughs> Monsieur. <laughs> Hercule <laughs> Poirot. No, no thanks. A feat? British. Well, that is. Or not well, British. Belgian? Not that. Your favorite See, type of waffle? Of, do you like two. Belgian waffles? I do like Belgian waffles. It all makes it th- with the shoe Belgium. fits. You <laughs> 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 uh, grow pretty great facial hair. Yeah, you grow great facial hair. If there's one thing that Jake gro- does, it's grow great facial hair. Something that people can't appreciate on the bookening because <laughs> it's not a video cast. You wouldn't be an effete Belgian, Jake, but you'd be a good mystery solver. You'd use your keen, penetrative insight into human nature. Your psychological abilities. <laughs> your acumen. Psychological abilities. <laughs> psychological abilities. Yeah. Pretty Never sure everyone me. has. Since the Renaissance, everyone has had psychological abilities. Before uh, that, all bets were off. Um, all right, we're almost done, guys. Just hang in there. I guarantee you nothing interesting will happen after these questions. Um, <clears throat> oh, boy. <laughs> if you were a question, if you were a character, all right, two to go. Why did Agatha Christie set the murder on a train? What does the train symbolize in the novel? Buzz. Danny? She said on a train because it was interesting and it fit the plot and it symbolizes nothing. Wow. Bold, bold Whoa, words. Shots fired. <laughs> you were angry. Well, I was. <laughs> I just this is dredging up really awful memories of junior year English class well, trying to study Emily Dickinson. There's one thing yeah. we tried to do on the booking it's dredge up memories of <laughs> senior year English class. Junior, junior well, year. Oh, junior year. That's teacher, even teacher. worse. <laughs> yeah, teacher, teacher, Brandon. <laughs> well, I think she said it on a train because a train represents uh, passing through all these different diverse countries and there she could have a setting a little mini world on her train that's a great job brennan thank you i'm gonna give you a b because i've totally checked out of my job i've got 10 years to go until my pension i'm gonna you know what b's for everybody it also represents the passing of time you know what i'm gonna give you an a you'll work at mcdonald's your whole life and 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 you know what i'm gonna give a homework assignment because you made me ask one for christmas but you little Schmoop. I mean, seriously. It's like the reverse. Dead the other students are, are right to hate you. <laughs> if they were, if 12 of these students were to stab you, I wouldn't report it to the principal, Brandon. <laughs> and I sort of hope they do. That's my impression of every teacher ever that I had. Yep. In your face, Mrs. Cornwall. Um, Therapy with the book in email. Yeah. <laughs> it's getting dark. If I can just get my aggression out. Towards the educational system. Jake, what, was, what question am I asking? Um, I will tell you some interesting <laughs> trivia about uh, Agatha Christie. Her second husband was an archaeologist. They traveled all kinds of interesting places. She had really been to almost all the exotic locations that she describes in her novels. And it provided a lot of color and interest to her novels. And she was always grateful for the opportunity. She had a very nice relationship, I believe, with her second husband. They got along quite well. Um, she said the good thing of the, her famous quote was the good thing about being married to an archaeologist is they become more interested in you as you grow older. Get it, Danny? It's good. Hilarious. It's good. She was a comedian, too. Right, yeah. She was good at everything, this woman. She's like a regular Wonder Woman. I'm losing my voice now. But it doesn't have anything to do with that coffee. Um, all right, final question. What is the significance of America in Murder on the Orient Express? Buzz. 
Danny. It's a melting pot or a tossed salad, whichever metaphor you prefer. I prefer salad. Because we don't all become one. We still retain our individual cultures. Even Can there be blue the cheese on the salad? Yeah, totally. Okay. <laughs> what is in this pot and does it survive the melting process? I, don't, I think. Like, was had, there soup? Is there soup all over fond- the floor now? Have you had fondue before? Yeah. Like the melting pot, you throw all the cheese in and it all becomes one big mass of deliciousness. So the pot itself is not melting. No, the stuff in the pot. The stuff in the pot, like in the aforementioned fondue. Did you know that I'm going to write a mystery novel called The Aforementioned Fondue? (laughs) And I will read it. Will you? Uh Uh-huh. It's going to have a wonderful plot. I'm excited. Good dialogue. Great. An eccentric detective. Great. Who's going to solve a mystery. Will Will it have rich characterization? It will have only the richest. For you, my reader. thrilling. It will have um, good dialogue. Excellent. Great descriptions. Great. And the murderer will be, I guess, fondue, since the name of the novel is the aforementioned fondue. Or maybe the weapon was found in fondue. That's actually what happened. There's a garret found in this fondue. A garret? What's a garret? A garret? I don't know. That thing that you strangle people with in gangster movies. Garret, garret. I've only ever read the word. I've never heard it pronounced. There's piano wire that they used to strangle someone in the fondue. Do you know who did it? I don't. Want to take a guess? Um, the rich old lady. Crap. <laughs> I'll have to change the ending. I didn't realize it was that obvious. <laughs> Brandon. Yeah. What is a... the significance of America and murders on the Orient Express? <laughs> <laughs> there was only one murder. Oh, mur- yeah. <sighs> There is no significance. <laughs> good, good answer. <laughs> Jake, what is the significance of murder on the Orient Express? Yeah, there's no significance. I don't... <laughs> it's a melting pot. It's a melting it's, pot. That's Come the on. significance. Some schmoop editor worked on hard on this. <laughs> Sorry, schmoop. Uh, all right, well, <clears throat> I think our podcast is about to draw to a close. Oh no! I just remembered the 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 Jerome Bentley, the podcast, the famous podcast critic. He's been waiting outside the studio the whole day. I better go see what he's up to. Oh, <laughs> what's his name? Jerome Bentley? Something. Oh no! no Jerome Bentley has been murdered. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Brandon. What? Side with me and observe the body. Here I come. (laughs) Let's ride our horses. (laughs) 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 Let's ride back. Now, Jake and Danny, you guys go see the horses on motorcycles. (laughs) The horses. The body of Jerome Bentley, the podcast critic. Vroom, vroom. <laughs> zim, 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 zim. <laughs> You're on one of those little... Little Vespa. Little European... The Vespa, yeah. Like. Zim, 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 zim. All right. We've all looked at Jerome Bentley, the famous podcast critic's body. Brandon, describe how he was murdered. I think our listeners would like to try and solve the, the mystery with us. I have to describe this. <laughs> you do? <laughs> A Garrett. A Garrett, hey? A Garrett. He was garroted to death. He was garroted to death. How could you tell? Well, his neck was garroted, (laughs) as one would does with a garret. Now, there were three interesting clues. Jake, 
you found the first clue while on your motorcycle. You just texted me. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, I did, yeah. What was that clue? The murder weapon was on his body. Like actually around his neck? <laughs> Still around his neck. <laughs> That's a good clue. Along with the hand of the murderer. Oh, wow. <laughs> hand. Oh, wow. Wow. All right. I'm going to put that in the old gray or cells. Or the hand of the presumed murderer. Of the, yeah. Someone could have cut off a hand <laughs> and planted it on the scene in order to throw us off the track. Danny, you found the second clue. Describe it for us, please. Um, there was an emerald tie pin in his left shoe. An emerald tie pin in his left shoe? <laughs> and an emerald tie <laughs> Exactly. An emerald, a min- emerald what? Tie pin. Tie pin. A, a like pin a that goes pin. on your tie. Yeah. Oh. Jerome Bentley was known for his famously eccentric habit of filling his shoes with tie pins. No, well, he never wore a tie in his life. You know that. <laughs> big fan oh, of podcast. Somebody critics, wears right? ties. Yeah. But not him. Someone wears ties. So it could someone missing a hand very recently <laughs> who's wearing a tie. Why did it fall into his shoe though? <laughs> well, that's your job. You have the gray cells. I didn't say I had the gray cells. We have to solve this murder together. Oh, okay. Brandon, you found the third clue. Uh-huh. I think this might be the crucial clue. Yeah. It on the hand around the carrot, dried fondue cheese. Wow. The aforementioned The aforementioned fondue. The aforementioned fondue. <laughs> this is like the plot of the aforementioned fondue. Yeah. It's almost like that might have been a confessional. Hmm. <laughs> We do have the Garrett and the fondue. I am missing my left hand. And you're wearing a collared shirt that looks unbuttoned. That's unbuttoned in the ties missing. Like perhaps who has ever seen you wear a tie? tie. I have seen you wear a tie. For a wedding. I've seen you wear a tie. For a wedding. You went to a wedding today, didn't you? I think you did. Yeah. (laughs) Crap. Nathan. Is it time to confess? All right. I did it. I Garrett, <laughs> famous podcast critic Jerome Bentley. Was he going to give us a bad review? No, that's the funny thing. He was going to give us a great review. Uh, <laughs> I just this was going to like make millions of dollars for us. None of us were ever going to have to work again, including Danny. Somebody else would stir my soup. You'd have a servant to serve stir your soup, but I didn't want to do that. And Jake is going to tell us why I didn't want to want that to happen. With his keen psychological insight. Because Mr. Uh, Jerome Bentley Bentley was going to insist that the star of the show was one Danny McNeely. He was a big diversity fan. Yeah. He was not a and believer. Nathan can't handle that. He was coming no. to observe the performance of Danny. And I knew she was knocking it out of the park. We'd gotten done. And I realized... He's going to hear this. I'm going to be up for grabs. I didn't even read the book this time. I mean, my job is on the line. Meanwhile, we need diversity. And so Jake has used his keen spiritual insight. Brandon, use your keen literary mind to tell us how I did it. (laughs) How you did it? Yeah. It was all a ruse with you leaving the room. I don't know exactly how Garrett's work because I don't know what a Garrett is. (laughs) But somehow... (laughs) In those 10 seconds, you managed to go in and let him know that we were done. He turned around to grab his bag, and you garroted him from behind. <laughs> Every detail startling in its accuracy. Yeah. Danny, using your knowledge of stirring things, explain how I got fondue in my hand. You how had, you lost your you, hand. And why I lost it while fondue. I guess should have been my detail. You had, uh, you had stashed the garret in the fondue. Of course, so that Mr. Bentley wouldn't find it. And as you ran in there, because he was obviously snacking on fondue, waiting for us to finish. We as always a good, provide fondue. As a good host. Right. 
like I've been snacking on fondue. Right. And you reached your hand into the fondue to grab the garret, and he had his trusty meat cleaver <laughs> with him. But I still managed to garret him one-handed. <laughs> because you are fast. Yeah, no, I'm just that good. <laughs> As your hand was still holding on to the garret. <laughs> yep, yep. Well, it was two-handed. It was a two-handed garret. You didn't, it was a two-handed garret. Two-handed garret. It was a two-handed garret. Yeah. And he managed to do it one-handed. Yeah. After the other one hand was cut. Yeah. She's a bit of a foxhound. Yeah. She, she yeah. likes to pay attention to garret types and sizes. And yeah. I confess, now I think there's a real moral dilemma that you guys have to decide. Are you going to turn me into the authorities? Yes. <laughs> Danny's going with a quick yes here. <laughs> yep, you're you're turning him in. Yeah, Brandon, I'll offer you we'll, everything. We'll, we'll turn you in for not turning him in. Okay, sorry, you but <laughs> you're going to the authorities. Okay, I'm under booking jurisdiction, and they have famously shabby, famously shabby police force. I'll probably get off if I had to guess with a fine of twenty five dollars and being hung by the neck until i'm dead oh sorry should have thought about that before you did it yeah (laughs) so danny would you uh mind taking nathan's place on this show from now on if that's how it turns out i wouldn't mind that at all there we go i can look up schmoop.com can you say i'm your humble and obedient host i am your humble and obedient host how about hello welcome to the book can you do the whole thing you got it what's your best at me impression (laughs) i don't know if those uh, impressions always go so well on the book Hello, welcome to the Bookening. I'm Danny McNeely, your humble and obedient host. You're doing a good job, guys. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Well, it really feels like this is the setup for <laughs> me leaving the Bookening. <laughs> and that would be true, except for one thing that you guys all didn't know. I have a gun. <laughs> <laughs> The plot thickens. <laughs> Yet another twist. <laughs> no one's going to be turning me into the authorities. <laughs> uh, sorry, guys. <laughs> I got a gun, and that means I have all the power. Good night, everybody. And produced by Nathan Alberson and performed by Nathan Alberson. Brandon Chastine's actually also here. He was on the booking today. He provided a lot of great insight and said some great things and said other things. And uh, Jake Menzel's here, the pastor who's a master of reading. Yo. And very special guest star, the mom who's a bomb of reading, Danny McNeely. Yay! Yay! A fantastic dubstepper. You can hear that dubstep music right now. She's loving it. She's loving it. She's dancing. Does one dance to dubstep? I have no idea. Dubstep, totally. dubstep dancing. Dub, dubstep dancy dance to. <laughs> uh, dubstep dancing Danny. <laughs> Triple D. Dubstep Danny. Does it? Dances? Indeed. Brad. <laughs> 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 oh, wait, I gotta. <laughs> Go observe the blood splatter. <laughs> <laughs>
And uh, I want to thank you guys all for being on. Thanks again, Danai. Yay. Thanks for listening, guys. Look us up on the social medias. I'm not going to tell you what, you, what they are. The Booking has an Instagram now. It also has Twitter. 